0: Wow, did you pick a great weekend to come as we launch a new series. Man, we're so thrilled. It has been one of the best weekends I can remember, so we're grateful to see you. Welcome to all of our campuses, Promisers. We love you from out in Campbell and Anderson and Blunt and North, our Internet campus, our God Behind Bars. We launch God Behind Bars 2 at Morgan County this next weekend, so we're thrilled about that. Internet and Palace, if you're welcome, man, It's gl- it's just great to see you guys. Uh, If you were here last week, it was a slam dunk fusion weekend, 103 baptisms. We celebrate. Zach preached an amazing word, killed it. Record attendance, 8,250 people worshiped with us last weekend. Very, very exciting, exciting. God moved. He moved in our last series, A Tale as Old as Time, The Beauty and the Beast of Relationships. Now let me tell you what God is doing. God's word works. He said, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I sent it out to do. Jeremiah said, the word of God is like a hammer that breaks the rock. And one of the things that the word of God, the rock is breaking is hearts. Many of you said a year ago, six months ago, five years ago, I would be caught dead in a church and look where you are. What happened? The word of God broke the rock, which was your heart. It's a sword that the scripture says. It cuts between the soul and the spirit, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so God is moving in a radical way. And there's no doubt in my mind that in the next four weeks, thousands of promisers are gonna be set free as we we move out on the series March Madness. And our deal, what's our goal? It's right here. We wanna help you eliminate your financial foes. Does anybody have any financial foes in the house? Come on, we got some. God's going to eliminate them. And so what we want to do right up front, and, and we, wanna, we want to just confront a lie, and we've got to realize that we grew up, we're socialized in this culture, and so we believe certain things that are not true. And one of the things that we want to understand the truth is, and that is that more cash does not mean more contentment. Are you with me? How many believe that? Okay. Now, we say we believe it, and yet we spend more because we think our life will be better. We we entitled this series March Madness because what season are we in? Basketball. Any basketball fans in any of our campuses this weekend? All right. Now, if you're a basketball fan, have you ever seen a basketball game get out of control? The team scores. They go back down, they steal the ball, they score again, they score again, they block it, they go down, they score again, and the score starts running up and they've lost momentum. What does the coach do? Time out, baby. We gotta stop this score. We gotta, we gotta stop it. This series and this month of March Madness is about calling a time out. We gotta stop the bad momentum because here's the deal. Momentum is your best friend or it's your worst enemy. Let me, let me give you an illustration. At Faith Promise, we've got the momentum. Would y'all agree with that? The last three weekends, the last six weekends, three new record attendances. So we got the momentum. But what do people say? Man, the pastor guy, he's good, man. He's bringing the wood. He's, man, he's just good. Now, if we were going down and shutting campuses and stopping services, you know what y'all would say? God, he sucks, man. He's terrible. Isn't that right? It'd be the same me, the same sermons. See, momentum, it's your best friend when it's for you. It's your worst enemy when, you're, when it's against you. And so what do we have? We have thousands of our families. They've got some bad momentum when it comes to money. The, the enemy's running up the score. The momentum is, is against you. Financially, you're falling. And, and the bad moment, you don't know what you're going to do. Because this is what happens. The devil, the enemy... He uses cash to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10. 10. Steal your joy, kill your victory, destroy your marriage. The number one reason still today for divorce in the United States of America, is they cite financial issues as the reason. So two people get married. They're a team, they're gonna fight together, and yet financial stuff begins to creep in and we fight each other. It creates stress for kids. It's a horrible deal to live under financial pressure. Would y'all agree with that? And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You're playing this game. You look at the scoreboard. You're double, you're triple digits in debt. The scoreboard is running up against you. It's going in the wrong direction. And what ends up happening is you develop a loser mentality. Hey, man, there's no way to catch up. It's a hundred to five. There's no way that I can get this. And what happens, the enemy keeps stealing the ball, man. He goes down and he scores and he scores. And you say, man, there's no hope of trying. I want to tell you something. Michelle and I, if that's you, understand how you feel. We spent the first half of our marriage so poor we couldn't pay attention. Now, I'm going I'm to use some illustrations that if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've never been Paul. You may have had a lot of hard times. Have you ever gone to the gas station and bought one used tire Come on, one used tire. And I had somebody ask me last night, they said, well, didn't you buy retreads? I said, did you hear me? I couldn't afford retreads. I would go when one was about to go flat or had gone flat. I would take the tire off. I'd go to the, the gas station and I'd say, hey, can, can I pick through those used tires and get the best one? That's how broke we were. First 15 years, I'm telling you. When Michelle was in college. She quit. We got married. <clears throat> she was a bank teller. I was part-time student pastor making $50 a week, laying carpet on the side. Then we had faith and then my and Zach come. And so God puts us in an area where making decisions that are gonna keep us poor for a while. We we moved to Memphis, we go to seminary for three years and I'm doing construction on the side. I'm going to school full-time, trying to memorize Greek and Hebrew syntax and, and trying to memorize all the Old Testament. And man, life, life was difficult, but we were but we were we were so broke. Then we graduated seminary. We didn't take an existing church that had a good salary. Went to a church plant in southwest Louisiana. Obviously, Michelle had some sin in her life. And God punished us and sent us (laughs) to a state that the state bird is a mosquito. And so we go down there. We're making $16,000 a year. No insurance, no retirement, no benefits. I had Mike and Zach. Listen to me. If they walked through the kitchen, they sucked the hinges off the refrigerator. See, they didn't eat. They fed. Like great white sharks, always hungry. And, and, and I didn't have money to take them to the doctor. We didn't have money to... I mean, you could go to the refrigerator. It looked like Sears and Roebuck had just delivered it. They would cut our water off, and I'd go when they left, and I'd cut it back on. Now... Don't try that today. They lock it. They got wise to us. But I cut the water back on. I mean, our power'd get cut off. We just we didn't have any money. And I was you know, we're in Louisiana. I'm making sixteen thousand dollars a year. Michelle's cleaning houses, and I am I'm I'm doing some construction on the side, trying to put enough food on the table to get us. So when you talk about living hand to mouth, check to check, week to week, we got that. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, so, so I get it. And it's easy to say the momentum's against us. We'll never make it. We'll never get out of this. We'll never catch up. We'll never, it's easy to throw in the towel, isn't it? But, but here's the deal. Michelle and I live to tell about it. By the way, we're in Louisiana. We had two cars. We got really rich. Two cars. Both of them were given to us. The car Michelle drove, if you open the driver's door all the way out, it fell off the car. Michelle Michelle literally be a stop sign. had to get out, put the door back onto the car. I had a car that did not have reverse. A Delta 88. It was big. But if you're living in South Louisiana where the biggest hill is the overpass, it's not that big a deal. Especially if you have Mike and Zach. The reason Mike and Zach played football was pushing that car. They got quads pushing that car out of the parking spaces. Now, it's funny, but it wasn't then. Yes, yeah, funny in hindsight, but it wasn't funny when church people are driving by and your boys are pushing a car out of the yard. I used to have my friends down there yelling me and say, Pastor, you ought to get rid of these crappy cars. And I want to say, well, if you bunch of tightwads would pay the pastor what he deserves, I might get a car. Come on, somebody help me out here. But they were of the mindset, Lord, we'll keep him poor, you keep him humble. And so, we didn't have insurance. We couldn't take our kids. I got it. Listen, man, well, I've lived it. So, if you're sitting there saying, well, you pastor this big old church, man, and I'm poor. You don't know what it's like. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, yes, indeedy. Michelle and I both do. Now, the kids don't remember it, but we know. So, the first half of the game, that's what it was. So, here's going to be our thesis for this series, Matthew chapter 6, where you're there, your heart will be also. If you'd let me see your online calendar and your online banking, I'll tell you where your treasures are. Because that's where your heart is. That's where you spend your time. That's where you spend your money. It's easy. He goes on in this Sermon on the Mount, verse 24 of Matthew chapter 6, and says this for you cannot serve how many masters? You can't serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other, or you be devoted to one, and you will despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God in what? You cannot serve God and money. Say it with me. You cannot serve God and money. Listen, so sorry, you got to choose this day whom you will serve. Will you serve money, or will you serve God? Now, we're going we're gonna to encapsulate that with Paul's thought out of Philippians chapter 4. This says this, not that I speak from want. Now, come on, guys. A lot of our talking is it not from want? Now, God provided. He God promised He'd make meet all of your needs. He didn't say I'll give all of your wants. And if you're like me, you got some big wants. See, I don't care. I I mean, I don't care a lot about money. Honestly, we sat down the first time with a finance advisor. He said, "How much money do you make?" I said, "I don't know." He said, "Man, are you stupid?" what you mean? I said, you know, I just don't care about that. I do care about the toys that money can buy though. So I'll fuss with Michelle about a manicure or about, you know, she went through, got a Frappuccino. I'll say, Michelle, come on, man, come on. And she'll let that go for a while until it gets too far. Then she'll turn around and she'll say, hey, what about that Corvette? That's like 25,000 manicures. It's like 45,000 Frappuccinos, big dog. See, I might nickel a but it takes you one fell swoop to wipe us out. <laughs> man, man, us like guys, we like to have shiny stuff, a bass boat and an F-150 to pull it. Come on. Somebody know what I'm talking about? Man, we can wipe it out. And so, this is what we got to do. If you want, if you, you've got to get this point if you're gonna be set free in this month of March madness, it's time to cash in on contentment. And what you're gonna see is the world cannot pot- cannot provide contentment. Hollywood can't do it. Washington can't do it. The stock market can't do it. Only the God of the universe can give you contentment. So we're watching March Madness, we're watching the games. Here's the deal. You know what a head fake is? Head fake is you do this right here, but you're going to go around and you're going to slam dunk. Now, by the way, do not mistake the fact that I can palm a basketball that I can actually play the game. Because some of you are saying, is he palming? Is that a kid's ball? No, it's an actual real basketball. I have big hands and I have big, slum, clumsy feet and I can't run or shoot or rebound. But man, I can cheer because the best muscle I have is my tongue. And so here's the deal. So, so, yeah, so what, what does cash do? Cash is a head fake on contentment. Well, if I had some more money, if I could just buy one more Gucci purse, If I could just get one more pair of shoes, if I could just get another thousand square feet on my house, if I could get another 50 horsepower out of this hot rod, if I could just go to Disney one more time, then I'll be happy. Have you ever been to Disney? (laughs) Every kid there screaming and crying. I'm walking around and said, the happiest place on the planet, somebody give these kids a pill. See, <laughs> I'm not. It's a joke. Okay. I'm. <laughs> so many people are offended for Disney. Get a life. Come on. There's life beyond Mickey. But here's the deal. See, cash buys distractions from the fact that I don't have contentment. Cash does not buy happiness. Does that make sense? We think more, if I just had more money, I'd be happy. If I I could just get, if the stock market would hit 20,000, I'd be happy. 21,000, I'd be happy. Okay, now it's hit 21. If he could get 22, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy when I get married. And then you get married. (laughs) Well, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to be happy when God gives me a child. And then you have one. My daughter asked me the other day, she prayed for years that God would give her a miracle baby. She got one. She looked at me the other day, she said, how did you let us live? (laughs) I said, it wasn't me, it was your mother. I wanted to kill you for years. (laughs) Man, but we think more equals happiness. More does not get us happiness. Does that make sense? Matter of fact, but because we think more does, here's America today. 30% of Americans don't have a pot to pee in or a winner to throw it out of. 30% of Americans, one out of every three people doesn't have a dime in the bank. Two-thirds of all Americans have $1,000 or less in the bank. Do y'all believe this? Come on, we can just walk around the microphone. I'm talking to us. And so here's the deal. We got no financial margin, right? Because we got no what? Money. We're living paycheck to, hand to, mouth. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So here's what happens. Man, you're going along week to week. Boom, transmission falls out right in the middle of Kings and Pike. Boom. You just say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We don't have any. I know what we'll do. Charge. Are you with me? Now, let me ask you a question. We don't have any money, so we got to charge it. Before you swap your Visa card, do you pray? Oh, you don't. That's why you're in debt. <laughs> See, here's the deal. When the transmission goes out, it's $3,200, you don't have any money. You're the third one saying, Father, my provider, you know where I'm at. It's, it's even it's my fault. But would you give me the money to put a transmission in my car? Is he our provider? But he's not where we go, is he? We go to debt, not to deity. So we charge it, $3,200. 30 days later, Visa sends us a bill, $3,200. We don't have any, so we make the minimum. See, you've been there, right? You know that. Y'all, y'all hear that all the way across. Made the, so, so the minimum is $30. So we pay the minimum. Next month, the bill comes. It's $3,400. We say, wait a minute, it was thirty two. I know, they charge 28% interest. That's why they send credit card things out and beg you to take them because they know they're gonna enslave you in debt. The world is set up to enslave you. Jesus said the devil was the little G-O-D of this world, the prince and power of the air. He set the system up to enslave you. Does that make sense? And so, we, so we're now we're not making the amendment. Now the visa's cranking up, now the air conditioner goes out, it's mid-July, it's 98 degrees, and obviously God wants you to be cool. So you, so you do what? You pull out another card because now your visa's maxed out at $6,000, at $6, most of that by interest. You pull out the Amex. You call the AC guy, you fix the AC swoop. 30 days later, now we got a $3,000 Amex bill, a $6,000 visa, visa bill. Is anybody with me? Y'all ever experienced this? Next thing you know, you're like every American family. You've got an average of $25,000 in credit card paying 28% interest. You can't make the minimums. And now the basketball game is run away. Does that make sense? Now, young adults, come on. Young adults, we got young adults in the house. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. See, for the first time, school debt now has exceeded credit card debt. The college will lie to you. Listen to me. They will lie through their teeth. Why? Because they're part of the system. You say, but it's it's a Christian college. I know. They just charge more. By the way, Mom and Dad, listen to me, listen to me. You go in, Dad, $100,000 to send your kid to a Christian college, they better believe the Bible. Because you can send your kid to a ton of Christian schools, they don't believe the Bible. You think you're sending your kid to a Christian small group and you're sending the University of Tennessee, you're just paying more money. Does this make sense? So we go to college, we go to the bursar's office and the bursar looks at you, you're 19 years old, you're a fresh high school graduate and they say, you're so special. That's what your mom lied to you too. You're so special. And here's the deal, you cannot work and go to school. Oh no, college is way too hard. You can't do that. I have a Greek word for that, bull crap. <laughs> so here's the deal, you can't, you can't, you can't, and so what do you do? You get school loans. They say, I need, you need a computer, get it on your school loan. Well, I, I, I got to live, school loan. Well, I got a transportation, school loan. You graduate six years later with $125,000. By the way, do it in four decide what you're going to do before you get there and do it in four. You can do it in four. I did it in three. You can do it in four. And I worked all the way through and was married. You can do it. Are you with me? Is it, you don't like that? Okay, good. Let me keep on. <laughs> so you go to school for six years. You get out with $125,000 worth of debt. You graduate to get a job. The average BS for your degree is $28,000 a year. At $28,000 a year, you will pay your school loan off in 345 years. (laughs) You won't be able to buy a house. You will be strapped, which is exactly where the devil wants you chained by debt, engulfed in financial foes, lost the joy of the Lord. No future. Why? Because you're so stinking deep in debt, you can't even see a way out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know? Here's the deal. Listen. Listen. The only thing worse than a bad call from the referee is a bad call from a creditor. And they teach them to cuss you on the phone. They teach them how to, to get in your face on the phone and scare you. See, when I was a kid, you, you couldn't hardly get credit. Today, they just send you stuff, and you got to have a good credit score. And the only way you have a good credit score is you got to get into debt. Do you see a vicious cycle working? Spirit of God, would you open our eyes? Come on, is anybody here? And so what do we do? We run and hide under the bench. Why? Because we're losing the game. Man, We're just. what happens? The devil robs us of all of our joy, of all of our victory, of all of our contentment, of all of the shalom that God wants to give us. How? Because we're so deep in debt. Now, I'm going to give you something. Young adults, you're not even going to believe this, but I want you to watch this. Two generations ago, 98% of all Americans owned their home free and clear. Today, 2% of Americans own their home free and clear. They said that can't be. Well, it can. My grandmother bought a house, a nice two bedroom home for $2,000. Now, uh, it was a different day. Things Now, $2,000 was a lot of money back then, by the way. $2,000 is not much today, but it was a ton of money back then. And back then, people did something radical. They saved. I'm sorry, did I cuss? They saved. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm cussing you. Until they can afford it, and then what they do? They bought it. Today, you gotta have more. You gotta have more. Today, young adults that are, that are not, I used to think entitled, they're not, they're impatient. They get, made at 20, they get married at 28, got a bunch of school debt, and think they should have everything it took 50 years for their mother and father to get. I know your mom and dad lied to you your whole life and told you you're special. I know you got a trophy every team you ever played on even though you sucked. (laughs) See what that is? Listen, listen, what that is, is bad parenting. So now you hit the real world, and you find out you're not special, and they don't give a trophy for showing up. They don't pay you extra for working 40 hours a week and doing what you're supposed to. Jesus said, you don't get blessed when you do what you're supposed to do. You get blessed when you go the second mile. And so young adults, I love you, man. You're the most radical group we've ever had, but you have been lied to and we're here to bust down the lies of Lucifer. Is anybody with me? Come on, come on. So here we are. If I just go deeper in debt, I'll be happy. Not by living against the word of God you won't. It just won't happen. It doesn't, you cannot, you don't get happy by living the world's way. Does that make sense? you got to live by the word. And so what are we trying to do? We're trying to show, we're trying to expose the lies of the world. And the world is set up, literally, the world is set up to, to suck you in, to get you deep in debt, to get you, man, doing all this stuff. That, that's what the world does. Is he is made is with me? And so, uh, come on, somebody help me out here. So, uh, so, what do we need? This series is a big honking timeout. The momentum's against you. You don't think you, timeout. And as you get ready to walk out on the basketball court, you have to realize something, that cash and contentment are on opposite ends of the court. See, if you're going to play a game or you're going to watch a game, you got to choose who you're going to root for, right? can't root for both teams. And cash and contentment, they're at opposite ends of the, ends of the court. Jesus said you can't serve how many masters? He said you can't serve God in what? Then that's the deal. We, it just simply doesn't work that way. And so you've got to, you've got to make a choice. you got to decide which team, who are you going to serve? So what God wants to do is eliminate... Our financial foes through lasting contentment. Contentment. Just, remember the verse we saw, Paul in Philippians four. I've learned the secret of being content in whatever circumstance I'm in. So let me ask you a question: If you're listening, I am. If you're a believer, does God call you to contentment? Excuse me. And whatever God calls you, calls you out. You are so smart. See, God calls you to contentment. Matthew six twenty four can't serve two masters, got to make a choice. So before you get on the court, you got to pick a team. March Madness, some of you will do the brackets. some of you will pick teams, and then you will watch a ball game and you will love one team and you'll do what to the other? You'll hate one. You say, oh, oh, not really. Any Lady Vols fans here? Any Lady Vols fans? I got one word for you, UConn. You love one and hate one, right? If you're a UConn fan, please do not chime in right now because they will devour you like piranha after this service. See, you pick a team, and you, Jesus said, whoever you choose to love, you choose to serve. So if you choose to love God, you choose to do what to God? But if you choose to love money, you choose to do what to money? Any, do you think out of 8,000 people this weekend, we got some people love money? Absolutely. You say, Pastor, no hope for me. Game's over. Game's over. It's 105. There's no way for me to win. There's no way to catch up. I'm so deep in debt. Hey, I've got some unbelievable news for you. If you're born again, we serve the what? The comeback king. Is our God the comeback king? No question. If Jesus can come out of the grave on Easter Sunday, he can defeat the devil, he can defeat hell, he can defeat sin in the grave, he can give you a buzzer-beater budget and put you on the road to destroying your, eliminating your financial foes. Can God do it? Then come on, somebody help me, man. Let's believe God to do it. So what are we going to do? We're going to cash in on contentment. We're going to choose to be content in whatever circumstance. So we're going to do something wild and crazy in the next four weekends, starting this weekend. On all your social media, if you'll tell what campus you're at this weekend, what you experienced, hashtag at FPMarshMadness, hashtag DunkDebt, every week we're going to go out social media. Of all the people that do that, we're going to pick a winner. We're going to pay off your lowest credit card up to $500 each week, a new winner. Why would you do that? To give you some momentum going in the right direction. Are you with me to give you some direct some momentum that you can win the ball game? So share your experience on social media, push it out there, man, and we're crushing social media. Almost every weekend, Faith Promise dominates the social media in East Tennessee. And so get out there. Can we change the momentum? Let me get my ball. I dropped it. So can we change the momentum? Philippians 4:12, 11 and 12. I've learned. Not that I speak from what? Well, for I've learned to be content in whatever. I know how to get along with humble, which is poor, and I know how to live in prosperity. Now, if you give me a choice, I still have enough brain cells. I choose prosperity over, over poverty. But I've lived in poverty in any and every what? I've learned the secret of being filled and going. Paul said, this. I've been so poor, I didn't have food to eat. Both of them having abundance and serving need. I've learned the secret of being content. Now, cash does not mean contentment. But let me tell you, if you nobody can offer contentment but God. But here's the deal. Contentment will give you home court advantage. Now, basketball fans, if you're going to watch the brackets, when you get to the championship games, they play them at a neutral arena. You know why? Because home court gives one team too much of an advantage when you got 60,000 screaming fans in a closed arena trying to distract the other teams. That makes sense? And if you've got contentment, even though we're behind enemy lines in this world, even though this world is set up to swirl us under, even though all of that is going on, if you learn the secret of contentment, no matter what the world dulls out, you can walk in freedom. Contentment means to be independent of external circumstances. So here's the deal. In the midst of that melee and mess of all that life is going on, man, you can through you can cruise through with contentment, even in a crisis. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the Philippian church, this letter was in prison when he wrote this letter. He did not know if tomorrow they were going to cut his head off or not. You think death's bad? How about waiting every day for the executioner to chop your head off? But Paul said, you're not taking my joy. You're not taking my contentment. Philippians 4:12. I know how to get along, man. I know, I've learned the secret. Here's the deal. He said, we'll throw you in the dungeon. Big deal. I write Ephesians, the grace of God. I write Galatians, how to walk in victory in the spirit of God. I walk Colossians, how to put on glory. I write Philippians, rejoice, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. We'll throw you in the dungeon. I wish you would. Three guards I didn't get a chance to share Jesus with. We'll let you out. Okay, great. I'll go preach the gospel. We'll cut your head off. Are you threatening me with heaven? <laughs> Literally, come on. You're threatening me with heaven? You say, but pastor, the doctor says I have cancer. I may die. Yes, you're going to die. Sooner or later, amen? Amen and you're going to heaven, your debt will be gone. (laughs) See, if you learn to walk the word of God, the world doesn't have jack on you. Does this make sense? How can the world get a stranglehold on you? Who cares? Prison, good. Freedom, good. Death, good. It doesn't matter, I've learned the secret of being in the palace or being in the prison. It doesn't matter. Michelle and I multiple times lived in it. When we, our kids, were growing up, we had a single wide mobile home. Two bedrooms, five of us. Five of us. We were just as happy in that 700 square foot mobile home as you are today in that beautiful home we live in. It's not circumstances, gang. See, contentment is external. It's, it's not letting external things affect you. See, if, you're, if you're, you, st- you start walking in contentment, let me tell you what, you shoot for contentment, you'll get the peace of God. Does that make sense? You start shooting for contentment, you know what you'll get? You'll get the freedom of God. You'll get the shalom of God. The world can't offer it. It lies and says so, doesn't it? If you just get X, you're gonna be happy. Then you get X and you gotta get Y. Do you, get y? you gotta get Z. Again, the devil, the devil never gives you the end of the story. But God promises contentment, and I'm a living example that you could be content. You say, but Pastor, you know what my, my wife left me. I got it, I'm so sorry, but you know what? You can walk in the joy of the Lord in the midst of hell breaking loose around you. <laughs> Is anybody with me? Anybody, come on. It's your choice, it's your choice. I had so much more I wanna cover, now I have time. Here's the deal. I can trust God today for millions of dollars for our church millions of dollars to plant other campuses or reach other people. You know why? Because then I was dirt poor. God put groceries on my front porch. And I didn't have any kind of insurance and Micah was gonna lose his hearing if he didn't get a tonsil, and adenoid surgery. The, the severity of his ear infections, they said he's gonna lose his voice. We didn't have any money. By the way, at that point, we were given 20%. And it, it, hey, it was easier back then. We didn't have any money now that we have money. And so, and, and I got a, a, literally a doctor lined up. He got a free surgery. And I learned in the midst of our great poverty, we learned that God would provide. And let me tell you why we like today better. Not because we have a bigger house or more money, because Faith promises seeing more people delivered than we've ever seen in the history of our church. That's why we're excited. That's the deal. So we can trust God. Listen to me. Because we know God. Some of you don't trust God and with your finances because you don't know God. You've never been saved. Or you've been saved and you've been so consumed with more will make you happy and content. You got lost in the lies of the world that you've not spent enough time with God to realize you could trust him. Now, man, let me tell you, there are people I trust. Josh Whitehead, our executive pastor, I trust him with my life. But you know what? I've walked with him. I know him. Do you trust people you don't know? Not so much. So, if you don't know God, you can't trust God. But if you know Him and you're intimately acquainted with Him, you can trust Him. So, heaven's open, by the way, right now for people who want an introduction to Jesus. And so, that's what we're going to do. And He said, if you're walking this way and you realize you're separated from God, you repent, which means you turn away from your sin, you make a 180 and you turn to Jesus. If you're ready to repent of your old life and start a new life, he's ready to light you up. He's ready to walk you out of, out of, every, kind of every kind of just problem that you're in and walk with you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're ready, pray this prayer with us. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've screwed up. I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. And Master, I will live for you. Give me your contentment, your freedom, and your peace in the midst of this messy world. (coughs) In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, come on, somebody give God some praise in the house! Woo! So, If you just gave your heart to Jesus, if you'll take the communication card, fill that out, drop the offering box or take it to our next steps. If you're new, you've been, you started coming the last few months, but you've never been to our Next Steps experience to find out what your next step is here, you can fill out the card, put in the offering box, or you can go to our Next Steps area out the center doors, and that'll be next Sunday here, um, Pellissippi at 10 o'clock. All of our campuses have it next weekend. And so you can fill that out, show up, find out about how do we get more connected? How do I get more involved? How do I experience more contentment? So you can do that. And listen, I know we've had a ton of new people, right? And I know it's taken longer to get out of the parking lot than it used to. So I want you to do a couple things. A, I want you to roll down the window, smile and wave at all of our parking lot people, all of our policemen. Amen. I want you to be patient because listen, reaching more people, making more room costs. Amen. It cost. It cost you five more minutes in the parking lot. It cost you didn't get the seats you wanted to get. It's hard to get that when you get ten minutes late, but you didn't get that. And so, and so man, let's, let's always make room. It's always about more people. Amen? And so, man, I, I love you. So, by the way, is this series important? Do you all agree with me? Thousands are going to be set free. So here's the deal. We've got spring break coming during this March Madness series. I hate spring break. Hate it. But you're going to go to the beach or you're going to go somewhere. Don't put it on the credit card. But if you go, listen, we're thrilled that you have the resource to go on vacation. Go. Get on our internet campus with your family and watch the message if you're gone. Amen? God is blowing our iCampus up. People, it's just crazy what's happening on it. So I wanna challenge you, get on there, don't miss it. Next weekend, we're gonna get real practical about a buzzer, beater budget. Today was about exposing the lies, giving you hope. Next week, we're gonna begin to give you a roadway. And then the third weekend, my father, my spiritual dad, uh, Coach Mullins is gonna be here Took a church from zero to 25,000 in South Florida. Unbelievable man of God. You, you have, don't want to miss. And then we'll through the last weekend. And I'm just going to tell you now, the last weekend is a generosity commitment. But I think that you're at the point now that, man, talk about money's fine. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. So we love you. Be blessed. See you next weekend.